Sauce Talk is here. Back. Like I said, this football season, 2022-2023 football season, uh, along with other things, I'm going to try my best to be about as full uh, on the consistent side of being there for you guys, the people that want to listen, the guys that sit there, the, the, the guys and gals who see my name pop up and go in Preston. If you want to go follow me, follow me on Facebook, Justin Austin, A-L-S-T-O-N. Follow me um, there. I, I, I put content out, sports content, you know, humor, things of that nature. Go follow me. That's me. That's my page. Um, you can go follow me there. Uh, Sauce Talk. Uh, I'm all the way on TikTok. You can find me on Ricky Sauce2484LA. Uh, and uh, that's that's Ricky Sauce, S-O-S-S, of course. And um, you can find me Sauce Talk on Twitter. The, the type in Sauce Talk, there I am on Twitter. So you can find me on Instagram as well, Sauce Talk. I'm right there. I I, I post some on the IG. Mostly I talk on Twitter and I post uh, uh, pretty much if I if I talk sports or want to talk about sports, I put it on uh, Facebook. But <laughs> last night, I think the biggest laugh was Geno Smith's uh, uh, post game uh, quote. After Seahawks knocked off the Denver Broncos seventeen to sixteen, which you know, rookie coach, debut coach Nathaniel Hackett decides to not let Russell Wilson go for a fourth and five, and they went for a sixty-four yard field goal, and the Seahawks won. They threw Geno Smith threw two touchdowns in the first half. Um, we we got to see some. <laughs> Some weird moments. A lot of fumbles, mostly on the Denver side. Two fumbles at the one-yard line. And Jerry Judy dropping passes. Didn't see much from the from the Seahawks either. The game wasn't all that great. But the energy in the place was crazy. Decimals was going crazy. The 12th man was there making noise. Uh, it was, you know, saying no Legion of Boom type stuff, but it was just the noise. And they were booing Russell Wilson with the crazy thing. Russell Wilson didn't throw a pick. He got sacked a couple times. But he completed, I think, about 60% of his passes with two with one touchdown pass. Just Melvin Gordon and uh, Williams. They fumbled the ball where they could have won the game. Could have been two touchdowns at the one-yard line. They fumbled. It's 14 points. 14 points. They decided to leave. Under, I, I, I just don't get that part. We're going to talk about some other confusing, head-scratching, decision-making things that happened in week one. I think we all know. I know everybody listens to the talk shows and stuff like that. They they then soaked in all the skip in, in uh, 10 cases. And, and, you know, Skip Bayless there talking about Baker Mayfield. I know everybody listens to the Stephen A's, the Max Kellermans, the Keyshawn Johnsons, the Ryan Clarks, all the, everybody to listen to everybody. D.C., and all that good stuff. But now y'all get time with me. And I want to sit here and say that sitting on my couch, knowing that what I was going to be doing throughout the day, <laughs> it's like, I don't want to be bothered. I know Everybody knows what Sauce is going to be doing. Sauce is going to be watching football. If you want to come and join me, I, I got some seats. You know what I'm saying? Like, come enjoy and watch the football. Now, I didn't think that I was going to hear some of the things I heard from like from social media leading up to uh, uh, over the kickoff. You know, things like, oh, here here come Baker Mayfield. He's going to tear up the, the Browns. Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, how's he going to look? Turning down two hundred fifty million dollars, oh my God! What was he thinking? He can't be thinking straight. Is T.J. Watt the best defensive player in the NFL? People were sitting there gunning up for that. Everybody wanted to see Aaron Rodgers' new haircut coming off the uh, coming in, coming into the stadium. You know, how's he going to be without Devontae Adams? They got Sammy Watkins. You know, you know, Aaron Jones is looking pumped up to be, you know, saying hoping to get the ball a little bit more. The defense lost a few things. Are they still going to be what they were to make it to the playoffs and have, you know, saying a chance for Aaron Rodgers to be a favorite for the Super Bowl? 
The storylines are circulating. The AFC West, how is that going to be? You had the Chiefs playing an uh, NFC West team. You had the, the the Raiders and the Chargers opening up with an AFC West matchup, and that was a crazy game with uh, turnovers and, and, and crazy passes and, and things of that nature. Uh, I would say the one thing that I looked at was Derek Carr's attempt to throw to Devontae Adams in the end zone. That right there was not what Devontae Adams is looking for. Aaron Rodgers would have put that right in the end zone, guys. He would have put it right there in the end zone. So I know how he's probably thinking in the situation of like, man, what in the world? I know that's I, I, I caught passes from him in college. But you, you just got to sit there and think like, like, I'm sure he wanted that. I'm sure he wanted that because that right there was a walk-in. All you got to do is just throw the ball in the end zone in that situation. Texans got, you know, like I said, they're, they're, they're turning over a new leaf, you know what I'm saying? Got to hire the black coach. Going to be there for some years. Back-to-back black coaches, but you get Lovey Smith right here to hopefully to stay. You got Mills, you know what I'm saying, going to be able to run the team. You, you, you got promising things on the defensive side. Look at Derek Stingley and how he played, and, and Jonathan Owens and, and people like it, how they played defense against the Indianapolis Colts. Had Matt Ryan, you know, looking kind of pedestrian a little bit. They had him throwing 52 times. I don't know what Indianapolis was thinking on that. You got Jonathan Taylor, maybe, you know, to try to give a different look. Don't want to be running your running backs down early, but you don't get Jonathan Taylor going, and I, the game should have went to the Texans. But, of course, Lovey Smith, a black coach, is sitting there thinking, like, I got to make every smart decision. I got to overthink everything. Twice is fourth and three. You got the ball. I think it's at the 48-yard line. You're, you're trying to get in field goal range. I would go for it in a situation because I think it's like 55 seconds left. You go for it. Because here's the thing. If you go for it right there and don't get it, it's going to be like 30 to 40 seconds. I mean, like, your defense is playing pretty good. It's going to be a tie anyway. And if they, you know, you take a chance. I hated that. Now we got a tie. Now, it could go either way. You know, a tie can help the Texans out. They can go crazy and start winning some games, and that tie might help them. Who knows? But in this division, looking like how it is, and we're going to talk about the Titans, but this was a, 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 a division opener, just like I was talking about with the Raiders and the Chargers. This came down to the wire. You don't. Punt in that situation, Lovey Smith. You know what I'm saying? You got one of them beards. You got one of them beards where you think you're like, man, go for that shit. Yeah, it, it, it just that you know you had one of them faces on your face. You know, like when somebody just be like, man, I don't care. You know, he had one of them looks, but really deep down, he had the conservative feel of like, man, I got a punt. Tie ball game. Didn't like it. Like I said, for some good things that you saw from the team. You just wish that Davis Mills would have had a chance to get that four for three. And something could have didn't throw an interception. He's been, he was careful with the ball. But like I said, 50-some pass attempts. John Taylor got 31 carries, 161 yards. So it's not sit there and say that the kid didn't get the ball. But with the game being how it was, it was just a lot of dinking and dunking in some, in some areas. Um, but Matt Ryan was the only really quarterback that had some, some passing yards, you know, close to 400. Nobody went 400 passing yards in week one. Matt Ryan with the 50, 50 passing attempts on an 83 quarterback rating. Like I said, it's amazing how much they had the ball for Jonathan Taylor to get 31 carries on five yards of attempt. So he can't really complain about what happened with him. It's just so much. It's just, I, 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 I don't know. It was a weird football game. And it was tough to really kind of get into the red zone was going back and forth to it. And you see like a good play here, good play there. But the one thing that I noticed is that the Houston Texans are wanting to make OJ Howard uh, the the uh, the weapon, the person that's going to, you know, to get the athletic tight end who's showed what he was, what he, you know, at Alabama, it was the pop pass. It was the pop pass. Well, it was this OJ Howard guy that going, he's getting the pop pass. He's got this athletic ability. We don't know if he can block, but he can he can receive, and he gets a chance for the Bucks in a couple moments. He he goes over to um um uh, to the bench because of Gronkowski, a camera break, you know, got over him. He had injuries, so I mean, like little different things here and there. We didn't work out. 
He went to the, the Buffalo Bills for a quick little second. That didn't work out. But the Houston Texans called and was sitting there on his top. He was like, man, I need you to come here. Lovey Smith was to O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard said, man, let's go. If you want to make me something in your offense, I'm all for it. Two touchdowns in the opener. I wish the Texans could have won the game. I really did. Uh, 49ers and Bears at Chicago. Chicago, the place of the elements. You know, you got some places in the NFL. They're just the places of the elements. And this right here in Chicago, you just never know what you're going to get. In September, you know, the weather, you know, starts to turn a little bit. Here, I'm in West Virginia. It's already starting to get a little bit of cold, a little bit of windy, rainy, muggy, all those things as far as, like, all in the same time where you're like, man, what is this weather doing? But Chicago is windy. It's rainy. It's nasty. And that game, as that game went on, the rain picked up. The more nasty the field got, that field is, I mean, people played on that field. I know they've talked to me about it. They said, man, it's like your feet is going inside it. It's like you get stuck almost. So, I mean, like, you can imagine how it, it started to change things, especially throwing the football as the rain started getting heavy as it was and Trey Lance ultimately making the mistake of throwing an interception. Bears was able to capitalize, get a touchdown, and, and win that game. The one thing is that the, the run game prevailed on the Bears' side with better co – I wouldn't say better coaching because you, you want to say that the, the Shanahan called a good game, but the weather kind of just hit Trey Lance more than it hit Justin Fields. And with both of them having an interception apiece, Justin Fields had an 85 rating, Trey Lance had a 50. So you just did not – you saw the pass attempts that they were trying to do, but it just – it just wasn't there for the for the elements. Elijah Mitchell goes down, he gets hurt. You really don't have no run game. I don't, you know, saying that they tried to do, and it just didn't work. So I mean, like it, it just that the Bears were able to win the game by being in home field. I think if the game was in San Fran, I think 49ers would have won that game. I mean, the, how the game started and how the game was looking, it looked like the 49ers would have had that pretty handled in uh, San Fran. Just saying. New England Patriots goes against the Miami Dolphins. Man, two attack of our lower. On that throw, it was so goofy, man. I was sitting there like, man, I ain't never seen nothing like that. I ain't never seen nothing like that as far as, like, having the drop back, the energy. Tyreek Hill's wide open. And, I mean, like, it, 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 oh, man. It's just like when you sit there and you think you're getting excited. And, you know what I'm saying, you, everybody was sitting there watching how fast this offense could be. And, and, and you know, Tyreek Hill, Waddle, you even got a fast tight end of Jaseki. You know what I'm saying, you got Mostert, one of the fastest running back in the league. And you got Tua Tagovailoa, who everybody's sitting there like, you know, we're going to run with him. And then on that first throw that he threw, oh, my God. Dude, Tyreek Hill wide open when we sitting there saying like this. Now, Tyreek Hill got the ball plenty of times. He got the ball plenty of times. But this time right here, when he dropped back to throw the ball to Tyreek Hill, oh, my God. Like, it was just <sighs> sad. It was sad. It was a sad throw hitting them but dirt. I mean, that was like a ball that came out and just... It just had nothing but no gas on it, man. It was just pure fart. So, I mean, like, it, it was something to... I'm, I'm pretty sure we got himself together because they sure enough won the game. Mac Jones got beat up. He got hurried. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see nothing real great coming from that Patriots side. And the Dolphins were able to make a big play with Waddle where he made two defenders run into each other. They ran into... I mean, it was like, wow, like... It was it was something where it was like the speed. It was like it was like you catch and you like Oh my god. It was the moment of whenever you sit there and you say, "Oh well, you you have you have all this speed." How are you going to be able to distribute? You can't just run nine routes. You can't just run jet sweeps in the rounds and stuff like that. They're going to run slants. They're going to run drags. They're going to try to run wildcat. I guarantee you they're going to have a wildcat package out of this world. The Miami Dolphins could very well win this division. They could win this division because the Jets, the, the, the Patriots, and the, the Buffalo Bills being a team that we don't really know if they're going to be game busters or not. 
But when they played against the Rams, and you know what they did against the Chiefs in the in the playoffs, we all assuming that well, they're a okay. Stephon Diggs is on one. They sit there and add it on defense. Von Miller, all that stuff. But what if the Dolphins can find something clicking with the speed and just be unstoppable? Just saying. I ain't saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying it could happen, which would be a crazy thing for the Dolphins to turn things around like that to be a team atop of a division they have not been atop of since the Patriots went, what, like 11-5 or something like that with Matt Castle? I believe the Dolphins won the division at that time, and they went to the playoffs, I think, one other time before that, and Matt Moore got cleared by the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, he got murdered. So, I mean, like, the Dolphins have just been trying to get there, but this time with the defense with, you know, Wilkins and, and uh, um, I can't remember that kid's name, man. I saw number 91. He's a problem. Uh, Jogba, Ogba, something like They're monsters. They're monsters, man. Byron Jones, you got, uh, uh, you still got, uh, well, a cornerback with 10 interceptions uh, uh, the other year, Mr. Xavier Howard. They are a problem to, to deal with. I mean, they, they got freaking... Melvin Ingram, who scooped up the ball with one hand and ran in the end zone, just was like, man, I'm mad I didn't get to hit nobody. He was happy to get a touchdown, but he's like, I didn't hit nobody. Like, I wanted to hit nobody. He came through there with intent, but he, he got the ball. The ball was right there. Let me pick it up and run it on in there, man. He wanted to hit some more people. That's what the defense of the Dolphins needs to look like if they want to be successful in a division where it's always been so pretty, so cute, and it's always been rugged with Belichick and, you know, his standards and his players and this defense is going to do their job, their assignments. And the other teams is kind of just, uh, 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 but, uh, you know, the Jets here, maybe, okay, the Bills, you know, they got their, and then the Bills are finally in the position where they're trumping the Patriots. Can the Dolphins trump the Patriots as well? That's two years in a row, back-to-back week ones, they have beaten this team. Now, it ain't been the prettiest. It ain't not been the prettiest, but they've done it. And they've done it in a way to where I think they found themselves confident. They won the last, what, six games last year. So can they ride in with that confidence with the defense and play against the Baltimore Ravens this weekend? That's going to be the test. Forget about Thursday night with the with the Chiefs and the, and the Chargers. The Ravens and the Dolphins is a game that I want to see. But I'm not going to get ahead of myself and get back to the games that just happened on Sunday. Baltimore Ravens and the Jets, speaking of the Big East. Lamar Jackson, showing that Andrews is still cool, one of his favorite targets. He's got the run game with J.K. Dobbins. He's got, which I think J.K. Dobbins, I don't think he played. He didn't play, but they, uh, who who had that? King and Drake, excuse me. King and Drake, you know, he had 11 carries, 31 yards. Greg Zerline for the, for the Jets, man, he's still missing field goals. I remember they used to call this guy Legatron, man. Legatron is to call this guy. He got six points in the fourth, but I'm just sitting. I, I'm just like, man, this guy be this guy still be missing him sometimes, man. It's just like he used to be an automatic kicker, like a kicker that just did not miss shit. You know what I'm saying? Like what what happened to him? Um, only made one field goal. Uh, I, I, excuse me, I got that wrong. Flacco, I forgot scored it. Got the touchdown to Conklin. Uh, for for the for, for three yard touchdown, Greg Zerline missed the extra point. Unbelievable. Missed the field goal, missed the extra point, made a field goal, and the Jets go down to the Ravens, twenty four to nine. Lamar Jackson, nothing too too great, ninety eight rating. The thing about Lamar and what he wants to get paid or how he wants to feel getting paid is that. People are so attached to numbers. People are so attached to numbers. Like, this is 2022. And I just think that people should know by now that when you want that chance to win, the best chance to win, you can sit there and go with the old shit and be like, oh, man, look what he did against the uh, the Bills in his first playoff game. It took him an hour to complete a pass, and then he goes and plays against the, uh, the, the MVP year, and they lose against the Titans. And then after that, Look at that Bills game. He couldn't even... Uh, listen, you're talking about postseason play. He's getting there. Aaron Rodgers lost his last postseason game, and it looked terrible. 
and nobody's, you know, you get what I'm saying? Like, you make it there. Anything can happen, but you want to go out there and play your best football and win. And I think Lamar against the Buffalo Bills in, what, 2021? Yeah, I mean, you can sit there and try to nitpick this and that. Whatever, you know. The Buffalo Bills had a good plan. They 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 brought it, and um, I would say for that, the the best thing that I could that I, that I took from that game was that Lamar Jackson. What he may have learned is that, especially in that interception he made um, at the goal line, were kind of in the red zone. They got took back for a pick six. Was is that you don't want to sit there and try to rush, knowing that people know you can run, and you rush to drop back and thinking like, "Ooh, I can sneak that in there." People knowing you can run, you think if I hold it a little bit longer, they're gonna to try to contain. They're gonna, you know, they got the spy out and everything, especially where they were on the field. Calm down, make a certain, make, you know, what I'm saying there's other things to be there. If he would have sat there and waited on that play, it wouldn't have been a pick six ever to happen. Yeah, it could have been incomplete or whatever like that. But just calm down. You don't make a make a radical fast decision like that and and make that mistake. A person like him, I think, would go back and look at the tape and see that and make that mistake, saw that mistake that he did, and clear it up. Next year, unfortunately, he went through injuries and things like that. The Ravens wasn't the same. But just imagine when he was playing with the team being injured and not having equipped players to help him win, he was still finding ways to win. So when you put all that chips in a bucket, Lamar Jackson's worth what Deshaun Watson got. He was the only player on that team last season. Do you hear what I'm saying? I went all the way back to when he played against the Bills in the in the in the in the, in the, in the postseason when they had Tyrod Taylor, all the way up to when they got beat by the Tennessee Titans, where I can admittedly say that they were just feeling themselves. and won MVP. They took the week off in Week 17. They didn't play and then had to buy. They took too much time off. I think that was Harbaugh's mistake. Then you fast forward up to the Buffalo Bills playoff game to where they did play Week 17. They did have to play a, a wild card game. They did finally win a playoff game, and here we are against the Buffalo Bills, and then they lose again. But this time, better defense, better quarterback, better running back, all that stuff. And you're just like, man, what is missing? The freaking Baltimore Ravens haven't had a Pro Bowl wide receiver Oh, excuse me. They've never had a Pro Bowl wide receiver. They've never had a Pro Bowl wide receiver. I can dig when you had a 95 to a 99 type defense the way they had with Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and Hello Nada and the, all those names and da 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 Chris McAllister. I can go on and on. Terrell Sizzle. I can go on and on. But my point is, is that when you get to that point to where you may be not putting all your bread and in, 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 in all, all in that basket on the defensive side, and you're mixing and matching here and there, and you're putting a dynamic player like Lamar Jackson on the team, you got to add a player like a Pro Bowl-type wide receiver. If you give Lamar Jackson that, imagine what the team could possibly be. Now, Hollywood Brown, he got a touchdown pass Sunday. But that's, that's, that's not here what we're talking about. He dropped passes for the Baltimore Ravens. He was not a true number one. He was undersized. He got hurt. He couldn't catch. Andrews can only do so much. He can only do so much. Oh my God! They need a they need a Pro Bowl wide receiver so bad. It just oh, it just it sucks. It sucks. It definitely does. I mean, it definitely does that they don't have somebody that he can sit there and say, okay, I got Andrews. I can sit there and say, okay, Andrews, and then whatchamacallit. It could have been Julio, which I think Julio signing might not have been the best, but they should have tried to get somebody electric, make a trade or something. They could have drafted Justin Jefferson and wowed everybody or something. Just saying. The, the guy needs a wide receiver that he can sit there, maybe a couple, maybe a twosome. Something that can just help him. I mean, maybe they could, you know, uh, the way, you know, the <laughs> the way Christian Kirk got paid to the Jaguars, I know they didn't want to go and break the bank for nobody like that. But it's just like, they need it. They need somebody in that in that light that can help them be a number one. Now, I don't think Christian Kirk is a true number one. I think that was a pure mistake by the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm just saying what the 
Baltimore Ravens need. They need somebody they can sit there and be named a Pro Bowl wide receiver. I'm not saying that Pro Bowl wide receivers win Super Bowls. I'm just saying it would damn sure help Lamar Jackson. It would damn sure help Lamar Jackson. I'm going to keep it moving. Because I'm going to bring up another running quarterback that might benefit the most by adding a true number one. The Philadelphia Eagles played against the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions always here to play tough. But in the beginning, they always looked like mush. You know, they just they don't they look like they don't want to come to play football. Dan Campbell get lights of fire up under their ass and they start playing. But Jalen Hurts had like eighty rush yards in the first quarter, maybe about like sixty or seventy or something like that. But AJ Brown in the first quarter had like six, seven catches for like eighty yards. They were doing what they wanted to do. They were really getting acquainted. Mal Sanders got a touchdown early. They just started just scoring after that. I mean, they just really just started putting it on them. Running the ball, 18-32, to, 18 to 243, no touchdown passes. But like I said, they started doing things. They started doing things on the defensive side. And then all of a sudden, here comes Detroit Lions. DeAndre Swift has a big game. He runs for crazy yards. He gets a touchdown. But A.J. Brown gets 10 catches on 13 targets, 155 yards. He's going to have a hell of a year. The one thing for me talking about the Bears and the Lions right quick here, I'm going to point out that. Iman St. Brown scored a touchdown, and then all of a sudden, two minutes later, Equanee St. Brown scored a touchdown in, over in Chicago. The same division, brothers that played against, played for two different colleges, gets drafted in the same division in the NFL and score a touchdown inside five minutes. Wow. That's enough to almost make the Detroit Lions come back and win, but they didn't. Philadelphia Eagles win, and, and that's the end of that. Now, Here's the funny thing. Jalen Hurts has always sit there and said, man, he has trouble with accuracy, passing the ball. He looked all right once he got things going. Once he got his footing of what I want to dictate if I'm going to take off running. I'm going to set the defense up to where I can set my feet up and throw and he passes where I want to do. No touchdown passes. I guess that will come. It will come, especially with having A.J. I know A.J. is going to want some touchdown passes. It's going to come. They almost got one. If AJ would have broke one more tackle, I think they could have got a touchdown pass on that one. That was a nice little run. But they look good. And, and Mal Sanders is going to go ahead and finish the job whenever they get down that goal line position. They look good. Just defensively, you can't let a lead come back. You can't get disinterested. You can't quit like that because teams like that can come back and will be different in Detroit and will finish you. Just saying. Cleveland Browns plays against Carcaylor and the Panthers. We all know what Baker Mayfield said the week leading up before the game. We're going to fuck you up. We are going to fuck you up. Or did he say we? I think he said, I'm going to fuck them up. He had a personal vengeance on him. He had something deep down. He wanted to go at the freaking Cleveland Browns. He knew Deshaun Watson wasn't playing. He knew Jacoby Brissett ain't shit. He looked at it like, hey, if y'all could just block Mouse Garrett and just help me. I could have a good chance of beating this team, and I could talk shit and be all this, Baker Mayfield, this, Skip Bayless jumping off a freaking mountain and saying, are you kidding me? Baker Mayfield beats his whole team? He would have did all of that. Cleveland Browns had different plans. Miles Garrett did get his hands on Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield played a bad first half. They got it together and started playing a little bit better. Robbie Anderson catches a deep ball, changes his name from Robbie to Robbie. Oh, yeah. R-O-B-B-Y to R-O-B-B-I-E. Robbie Anderson catches a deep pass. Baker Mayfield starts getting his confidence up. He runs in a touchdown pass, and all of a sudden, here comes Carolina Panthers. Jacoby Brissett went 18-34 with a 74 QBR. No, uh, one touchdown pass. Nick Chubb went for 22 carries, 141 yards with six yards of carries. Kareem Hunt got a touchdown. And Christian McCaffrey... Got a touchdown, but only 10 carries, 33 yards. I mean, he really didn't do too much other than a fumble recovery, and I think that went for like 18 yards or something like that. Just didn't have the best game. But after Baker Mayfield's touchdown rush, it looked like a chance for them to come back and win this game because that happens with Robbie. 34-yard field goal, and like, you can't fake Spike the ball. You can't fake spike the ball. You can't fake spike it! Just like in the Chicago game, they get an unsportsmanlike conduct for, uh, what, drying the field? 
But you mean to tell me that in this game where something is known illegal in the book, which I think that rule you have to find in a fucking, at the last page on the bottom scroll font print of something to say, oh, you can't drive the field. But then there's something in bold that says you cannot fake spike. Penalty should have been called. And the Carolina Panthers should have had a chance to win that game. Bottom line. Bottom line. When I seen that, I was shocked. I mean, like, are you kidding me? Like, are you really kidding me? That, that pissed me off. Of course, field goal goes in. Ball game goes to the Browns. They get it done. <laughs> and it's just like that, man. Um... I would have I would have rather, rather had to tie and look like Lovey Smith, but Cleveland gets it done. You know, I, I, it's, man, that I, that had to hurt Baker Mayfield because he did his job, even though he had a rough first half. The game could have went a little different because they Browns wasn't playing all that great, and they could have took advantage of that. But the simple fact, the simple fact that oh my god. That the Cleveland Browns was able to get away with a fake spike. They was able to win the game after Baker Mayfield did his job and got the lead for the Panthers. Looked like he was going to get a job done and be like, well, he didn't fuck him up. Because when he says that, I'm thinking y'all going to blow him out. That didn't happen. You know what I'm saying? But, hey, I I love the competition that that man possesses. I love the, the confidence and the way he... Uh, presents himself but there was a moment of immaturity at at cleveland cleveland owns that to where they say hey we had to deal with him in that light so that's why we went ahead and went in that different direction even getting sean watson even though people may dislike it or whatever he's got 11 game suspension it was eight he got changed to 11 i think it's you know i think it is what it is you can play get the suspension over with and go back and play with your weird ass okay at the end of the day jacoby Brissett could win you games with the run game because he could just hand it off because him passing is just god-awful. A lot of passes that I've seen Jacoby Brissett throw would just be like, he got an endorsement from Belichick, but then you think it's like, well, Cromwell and Weiss and uh, Chow, what's his name, Chow. I mean, everybody gets a game uh, 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 endorsement from Belichick. That doesn't mean it's going to produce you a Super Bowl. Just saying. Not like how Tom Brady can move to a team and produce a Super Bowl. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Pittsburgh still is talking to the Cincinnati Bengals before the game. Center talking about, y'all must have made it to the Super Bowl, feeling yourself, but we coming to play some football. T.J. Watt was all over the place. Sacks hitting Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow fumbling. Joe Burrow throwing picks. Four of them, five fumbles. I mean, uh, uh, two fumbles. Uh, he, man, just tough. I mean, the, the long snapper was hurt. That backup came in. He played like shit. Mr. Bisky played like shit. Everybody played like shit. This was one of those games where it was just a division rivalry, week one. We're going to see how they go, duke it out. And TJ Watt turns his peck. I mean, everything weird, stupid, whatever you want to call it, went on in this game. Najee Harris uh, sprains his ankle. He's going to be out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's just so much shit that went on in this game. And the Bengals was going to win it. Joe Burrow goes down, gets a touchdown. They was going to win it. And Pittsburgh said, hold on. We're going to make some plays happen. We're going to do some things. But the one thing I'm going to point out, and I'm going to say Zach Taylor, I'm going to say you now. You need to get your shit together. You need to start being a little bit more smarter in these situations. Back then in the regular season, playing against the Kansas City Chiefs in the fourth quarter, you was doing some dumb things down that red zone. It made me think of that back then whenever you're in the red zone, when you're sitting there, you see your wide receiver score a touchdown. The Jumbotron, they show you a wide receiver score a touchdown, but you decide not to throw the red flag. You could have challenged that. Guess what could have happened? You would have been granted a touchdown because Jamar Chase caught that pass. The ball was across the pylon. I mean, like it was in the touchdown area. The, the referees would have had no choice but to overturn that and call that a touchdown. But you, 
decide to sit there and not even probably even look at it just mad because they ain't call it a catch i don't know it was a catch a clear-cut catch he caught it right at the freaking they gave it to him at the one kick the throw the red flag that was a touchdown they would have won the game but the one thing i can't say i'm not a big fan of pittsburgh i've always kind of hated pittsburgh growing up being almost brainwashed into being a Cowboys fan, mainly by my family, knowing that I was going to be a Buccaneer fan in 1995 once I started understanding sports. Thank you, my brother. Notorious Gooch. Free Notorious Gooch, as I say. The Pittsburgh Steelers in the locker room, the way they, man, this shit is cracking me up, man. Mike Tomlin is the best coach. He's my favorite coach of all time. Even though I hate the Pittsburgh Steelers, he's just one of my favorite coaches of all time, man. I wish he coached the Buccaneers, but I like Todd Bowles. I like Byron Leftwich. I wish Byron Leftwich can assess Todd Bowles. If Todd Bowles want to move on elsewhere or just, you know, whatever, if he's going to stay there, keep Byron Leftwich there to take over. But Mike Tomlin, man, I love that guy, man. He is something else. That's all I can say. He's something else, man. He was sitting there just enjoying it with his team. But you would think like a coach would be like, oh, I'm not going to, you know. You have coaches dancing just like Brian Dable. We'll get to that game with the Giants. But Brian Dave or somebody like a Dabo Sweeney, you start seeing people like that dancing and stuff like that. Tomlin is the is so cool. He's just so he's like Denzel of football. He's the Denzel of football. Like 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 with all the coaches and college or pros and stuff like that, he got these personalities, things like that. He is the Denzel of NFL football. He's just so cool, man. Like he just like he has that ability just to be that kind of cool dude to where I hate Pittsburgh, but I'm a fan of him. And he just like how he was sitting there listening to Bank Row Fresh, Noodle Words, doing the A B dance. Ah, that 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 did it for me. That did it for me, man. I mean, walk your trap, take over your trap. Anyway, keep it a moving. Like I said, Giants versus Titans. We want to see the Titans. Titans got beat by the Cincinnati Bengals in the playoffs last time we see them play. Derrick Henry was hurt most of the year. He came back, had a, had a decent game in that game, but ultimately Ryan Tannehill's three interceptions got it done for the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, granted, Joe Burrow threw his two, but in that game, I mean, Cincinnati's Bengals' defense was just playing on a higher, higher level. But we wanted to see how this team was going to be after losing a few pieces. They gained... Some offensive got Traylon Burks. They got Malik Willis, who we was not going to see. But they've added things after losing some things. They lost Julio Jones. They lost some pieces on defense. They lost, uh, I think, just their second year without Adoree Jackson, which, you know, they, they uh, uh, Malcolm Butler, they went in and kicked him off. They, they um, I think this was Farley's first year starting. I know Farley played last year. Or did he play? I think he was hurt. But Farley was out there. I saw uh, Farley. It was, the defense just didn't look as dominant as it was the two seasons before. Because two seasons ago, they really did play good versus last season even. But the defense definitely regressed. It's regressing more. And I've noticed that. And they could handle Saquon Barkley. I mean, that's the whole tale of the tape of that game. Is that the, the New York Giants definitely could have beat Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones was not going to beat them. Daniel Jones just got turned into a game manager and said, hey, look, you get to start being out of character, you can get your ass cussed out. He chose to do that, throw a back shoulder throw to Saquon Barkley, had no business doing getting intercepted in the end zone, then he got cussed out. But for the most part, he did all right. Um, 17-21, just managing the game, just managing the game because there's a guy named Saquon Barkley that just can't wait to play fucking football. 18 carries, 164 yards, 9 yards a carry, but he also has some catches too, so 194 total yards. A two-point conversion to win the game. Saquon Barkley is my player of the week. He showed the confidence that he once had. He showed the just tenacious, tenacious, tenacity, the intensity. He was trying to run people over. He was lowering his shoulder. He was hitting the sideline. He fumbled on like that. Uh, uh, I think he holds the ball sometimes when he's running fast like that down the sideline. He must keep it, keep it tight, keep it tight. These pro players are so smart; they know how to bat those balls out. That could have easily been a touchback. So he's going to have to really, or a turnover. So he's going to have to really 
Um, he's going to have to really work on that, on that part, because they would pee on that. They would key on that. They'd be like, when he break down the sideline, if somebody get an angle, get ready to hit that ball, because he's holding it very loosely. Big arm, holding it out and open. It was able to uppercut, and then almost like I said, it could have could have been a touchback easily, or could have stopped, and they could have went and got it. Who knows? Derrick Henry only got 21 carries for 82 yards. They did not decide to run him on third and one when he could have got the easy third and one. They decided to run an end around with the tight end. They didn't get it, and you know, like I said, it helped the uh, New York Giants out to go down there and do what they did, and then Tennessee had a chance to go. And, 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 you know, Brian Tannehill, for all what it's worth, you know, he made the hell of a throw to get them in field goal range. I mean, he went 20 to 33, no picks. You know, he's going to be looking over the whole Malik Willis shoulder thing. He's how he did in the regular se- in the, in the, in the offseason with his words and stuff like that. People going to be watching him and seeing how he's played, how he handles things. He's a veteran who's lost his job before. So he understands he's taken a job before. So, I mean, like, he knows, he gets it. He played a good game as far as, I, for, for what I've watched, he didn't do nothing where I'm like, ugh, come on, Tannehill, you know what I'm saying? Ah, come on. Might have missed a couple throws here and there, but who didn't? You know, <laughs> no quarterback went crazy. Let's go ask Aaron Rodgers. But I know he probably would have put his hands around Watson, but we get to that. But Ryan Tannehill made a hell of a play to get in field goal range. Kicker just got to make it, and it just did not happen. And that was just a tough miss by Bullock. And because he makes that one and they win the game. And then now, you know, the Giants are now bolstered up. They are an NFC East team that probably beat the best team that the NFC East beat because the Eagles beat the Lions. Cowboys lost to the Buccaneers. And the Commanders beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. So you look at that, you're like, well, the Giants beat the better team. So, hey, Washington Commanders, that's moving on. Jacksonville Jaguars who I felt like they could win this game. Carson Wentz playing his uh, debut against his new t- with his new team, Trevor Lawrence with his new coach. I'm, wait- I'm rubbing my hands like this because you're sitting there and you're thinking, you're like, man, Doug Peterson, second go around. You know, people thought he's ran out of Philly after winning the Super Bowl with Nick Foles, Philly special and all. You got this kid, Trevor Lawrence, after – being tormented and abused, you know, uh, I, I, that's two wrong words. You After being in a mockery of a situation with Urban Meyer, neglection is a better word of how he was in a, a environment of just, ah, it was just, how can you get good production out of something like that? That falls apart. The fire in the middle of the season, the season doesn't get all that much better. So you're looking at all that, and it's like, well, we get Doug Peterson. He's proven. He's won a Super Bowl. He's done it with Nick Foles. So he can be able to come in here and groom Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, 24-42, 275, a touchdown. A very bad interception. I don't know what he was thinking on that. But, you know, you're trying to win the game late in the game, but I don't think it was like down to five seconds or nothing like that to throw up a uh, 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 pass like that to get intercepted. 75 QBR, not great. Carson Wentz went 27-41, 313, four touchdowns and two interceptions. His two interceptions was one of those, Carson, what are you doing? You see the screenplay right there. First round pick, Jerron Vol- uh, Trayvon Walker is right there. It's not like he used any great athletic ability, nothing supernatural, nothing. He was standing right there, Carson. You have time to look at the screen and see if it's not there or to sit there and say, fuck it, and try to go on and kill the play. But you decide to steal to go to the screenplay, and it gets picked off. Stupid interception. They could have lost you the game. Just saying. Just don't use your head in certain situations like that to where you do make good passes. I mean, he made a hell of a pass to Deshaun Dotson on that touchdown. He got two up with the second one. That was beautiful, you know? So, he's going to have to get that cleared up, man. On those fourth quarter moments, he's got to really calm down. He gets to, he gets to, like, I hate when a quarterback can be playing so good, but then they get so good in the game to where they don't want to lose it. They start going through the motions, and it's like, don't go through the motions because 
it, this winter tag is tight. And he just went through the motions of a screenplay thinking, okay, I drop back, the pressure comes, I swing it out there. Did not think that this man was standing right there. He saw him. It wasn't nothing great. He didn't dive in front. He was standing there. He threw it right to him. Can't do that. Just can't do that right there. Speaking of what you can't do is when you have a team dead to rights, like the Atlanta Falcons had the New Orleans Saints, Jameis Winston went down, didn't have great numbers before he went down. Um, only touchdown they had was a Taysom Hill touchdown. You have the momentum. Mariota's throwing touchdown passes. The defense is sitting there getting turnovers. They're playing hellacious. The next thing you know, Jameis Winston goes freaking 23 of 26. Or don't know. He went, no, 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 excuse me. He went 13 of 16, two touchdowns and 200 yards, and they won the game. Mike Thomas, two touchdowns, and they won the game. I mean, like, damn. And then at the end, of course, you get the Jameis Winston. My, we was in pain. I was in pain, but the Lord, good Lord, helped me through. And and she said, "Who? What? What? What was in pain?" He said, "I was in pain all over. I was in pain all over." And he's one of the funniest people on the mic of all time, of all time. Man, I couldn't believe the Atlanta Falcons blew that lead, man. Because this weekend the Buccaneers got the Saints, and I would have just loved them with a loss. But speaking of the Bucks, we're gonna go talk about that game at eight twenty p.m. When NBC brings out the new tandem of Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth. Chris Collinsworth had a bad voice, but he still got the job done. Some Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. You know, I figured out that the NFL is just trying to do one thing. They understand it's the end of the road for Tom Brady. And Tom Brady being at the end of the road, they sitting there saying, man, you know, there's only one thing that had beaten Tom Brady. And that is the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys have not beat Tom Brady. So what, what what did the NFL do for the last, what, two seasons in a row, an opener against the Dallas Cowboys against Tom Brady? Last season, it came pretty close. Dak Prescott played a hell of a game, came up short. This game, Dak Prescott hurt his thumb two plays in a row. Zeke Elliott had a burst in the beginning and then lost it. Tony Pollard lost it. They couldn't pick up blocks. They couldn't pick up the pressure. Cooper Rush was in the game at one point. CeeDee Lamb was dropping passes. The offensive line was looking shot. Tyron Smith didn't play. They don't got little Collins. He ain't nothing great anyway because you saw Cincinnati struggle in their offensive line, and they took it L19-3 because Tampa Bay didn't play that great. It just they was able to adjust with what happened with them. Donovan Smith went down the offensive line to make some adjustments, and they was able to help Tom Brady. We was able to move the ball. We just had to get field goals. You know, it was just unfortunate. We couldn't punch it in. Leonard Fournette had more rushing yards than uh, Ezekiel and Tony Pollard combined. He played a good game. Good block on Michael Parsons because he was wreaking havoc. Got two sacks on Tom Brady. Um, I think another thing to point out in that game is that Chris Godwin went down with a hamstring injury. A lot of people thinking it was the knee. But, you know, hamstring is always something with, within the injury being out the way he was was just compensation. So hopefully he'll be all right. We get him back. Hopefully, hopefully we get him back. I don't think we're going to get him back for the Saints game. But Julio Jones was playing good. He was open. He got some carries. He got some catches. Mike Evans with the one-handed uh, nice little catch for the touchdown that he did on uh, <laughs> Trayvon Diggs. He, 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 that, was, that was like, get off me. Get off me. I'm one of the best receivers in the league, if you didn't know. But Tom Brady's going to have to get some things worked together, I think, with, you know, time, just being there. You know, he took the little 11-day vacation with the family. I'm hearing the marriage might be on the rocks. You know, the man wants to keep coming back playing football. Giselle want to go do shit. Giselle want to keep on thinking about this, this ex-covered Mike Buster 5-6 going to the state. She probably knows the she probably knows every damn state and how to get in, how to get out, this, that. Knows how to do this for this, whatever. She like, I'm tired of it. Maybe, you know, something, something might be going on. I don't know, but we just open eight on the negative side for Tom Brady's production as quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because I was on the side of saying, yeah, there was some shit going on. He might play better. You know what I'm saying? But if I'm hearing the Giselles are staying here, there, Airbnb here, could be some shit of where some stressed out <laughs> we might not get a good Tom Brady. But I was just worried on a couple passes they were dropping low and stuff like that. But I think he's going to be okay. 
Just saying. I was just a little worried whenever I started hearing reports. But hopefully, like I said, some things some things will get it together. Reconciliation, whatever, a good talk or whatever. But, you know, I just hope it doesn't affect the field of play. You know what I'm saying? You know, what Tom Brady does, because he's a person that really is locks in. He locks in. He's a person that's always on tape, always on practice field, always this, trying to make sure everybody's doubting is going to be doing their job. We just want to make sure everybody's on that, especially Tom Patrick Edward Brady, if I said that right. I think I did say that right. <laughs> I was sitting there wondering. Anyway, keeping it moving. Vegas went to play at SoFi Stadium against the L.A. Chargers. Justin Herbert, you know what I'm saying, with his release and how he beats in up throwing the ball on the run. I think he's got one of the best passes on the run, period. He had a 129 QBR, 26-34, three touchdowns, no interceptions. The defense need to get some things together. They paid Derwin Smith. Uh, <laughs> Derwin. Derwin. They paid Derwin Smith. They just need to not let comebacks like that happen. But sometimes when you got Devontae Adams and, 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 and how they ran certain little plays to disguise that, the Josh Jacobs play that broke, that was nice. They had a couple of plays that did well for them. And I think the um, the ability that 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 – Devontae Adams was just route running, man, to get them moving up the field was pretty spectacular. 10 catches, 141 yards, and a touchdown. Derek Carr didn't have a good game. I mean, three interceptions, 69 QBR. Like I said, the pass that just fell short to uh, Devontae Adams, one of the interceptions that I, that I saw was just like, you got to be able to get it out there, man, because Devontae Adams damn sure could have caught that ball in the end zone. He just got to get it there, and it wouldn't have been picked off. So, he's going to have to get that cleaned up. Justin Herbert's got one of the best arms in the league, man. I'm telling you, on the run, it's something to watch. But nothing too, too crazy from their offense other than him. Keenan Allen went down with a hamstring injury. That's two hamstring injuries for uh, some players now that I that got reported. He may not be playing in Thursday night's game against the Kansas City Chiefs, which that's a big game that I think on a short week, you will kind of want him to be ready, but I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, Minnesota Vikings, Green Bay Packers, 23-7. Vikings, Kirk Cousins looked real good when he's throwing it to Justin Jefferson. I tell you that, that man played lights out. Probably could have went for 250, maybe 280 yards, but they kind of cooled it a little bit. Dalvin Cook got 90 yards. Um, the big story is that, like I said, the rookie Watson, man, but Dobbs did okay. He got some drops too. But he, he caught he caught four for thirty seven, but Watson dropped a wide open Aaron Rodgers dime. That just can't be good. That just can't be good. It can't be good. And I'm and you know as nervous he was, even on the pressure, he says, "Man, I would have caught that nine times out of a hundred. And it's like, "Whoa, buddy, you mean nine times out of a ten? He was that nervous, knowing like, shit, I done messed up. You know, even in the presser, he messed up and said, here, I'll catch it usually nine times out of 100. Well, we don't need to hear that one. We need to hear nine times out of 10. We need 10 out of 10 now. We got to get that together. Green Bay then gave away a Smith brother, and he's out there getting sacks for other teams. And so, I mean, like, they're going to they gonna have, some, they gonna have some, work, some hills to climb. You know, people was thinking that, oh, Tyreek Hill lost the Chiefs. How they going to be without him? You know, it's da, da, da. 44 to 21. Now, Arizona Cardinals are no gangbusters of any, any, any sort, but they were a part of one of the best divisions of football last year. They were undefeated team until they started wearing off a little bit. So this was actually a kind of a good matchup. The difference is, Pat Mahomes said, "I don't don't have I I don't I don't know what y'all talking about. I think I'm fine. I think I'm good. I think I'm all right." Five touchdowns later, now you had some moments to work. Arizona, you know, got some garbage points, but forget all that. That game was dead set match. It was thirty-seven to nothing. I think at one point, it it, it was when I say thirty-seven, nothing. I'm tripping, but it was over. It was clearly over. Thirty at thirty-nine, one hundred forty-four QBR, thirty, three hundred and sixty yards and five touchdowns for that guy and they got a new number 10 he got a touchdown Isaiah Pacheco um James Edwards Hilaire he got two touchdowns 
they was running gadget plays with him and stuff like that. Uh, Travis Kelsey had eight catches for 121 yards and a touchdown. And Juju Smith-Schuster was actually doing pretty good in his new digs. So, I mean, they looked pretty damn good. They didn't look like they'd been missing a whole, whole lot. And the defense played, you know, up to their standard. You know, I think when they play better teams, you see that they're not all that. You know, but they played up to their – they don't got Honey Badger no more. He was getting fumble recoveries for the Saints. And um, and that was something I saw – I didn't, that was crazy. I didn't notice that, but Marcus Peters played for the Steelers. I know he didn't play for the Chiefs last year, but he did play for the Chiefs at one point. But I saw he's playing for the Steelers now. That's a good pickup right there. Hope he can stay healthy. And, um, yeah, I mean, that that's week one. I, I talked about all the games right there. I, even the Monday Night Football game that I cannot believe, like I said, you have two chances to score in the end zone and at the one-yard line, back-to-back, your first stringer and your second string fumbles. God, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard ain't done that yet. So they ain't not, not that bad for the people to sit there and say, oh, they're terrible. But I guess I can talk about the Buffalo Bills and the Rams. We've talked about Buffalo, how good they did look. I did mention that. And they did look damn good. Gabe Davis and uh, 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 Stephon Diggs. <laughs> they made Jalen Ramsey look like a middle school player right there. Or maybe a high school. I, should, I shouldn't say that. He looked like a player that definitely needed to be on the air app, but he's in the NFL making somewhat up to close to maybe $100 million, being called the best cornerback in the NFL. All that stuff that I'm saying, it didn't add up on the field because Josh Allen, after throwing two interceptions, lost his damn mind, and he went crazy. But Von Miller, also a person to look at that is going to be an instrument on this defense, is going to raise hell, and that man is that guy. Seven sacks they was able to get on the fucking L.A. Rams. And I tell you what, Stephon Diggs on the sideline was definitely on one. Eight catches, uh, 122 yards of touchdown. Cooper Cup had 13 catches, 120 yards. It seemed like he was the only person to match that for new on the team. Um, uh, Allen Robinson, new acquisition, didn't catch nothing. Other uh, wide receivers didn't catch nothing. I think Higby caught some passes. It made the internet say some things that I'm not going to repeat that had me sitting there like, whoa, the internet has no chill. They're savage. 29 to 41, Matt Stafford with 240 yards and a touchdown, three interceptions. Yeah, it was ugly. It was ugly. They definitely had to get it together. But, you know, Stan Kroenke will go out there and fix some things. He'll trade, go spend some money. But honestly, McVay probably this week in practice is going to get them together. And Sunday, they play. If I'm not mistaken, I got to see where they play again. I don't forgot the Rams will be playing the Atlanta Falcons, which that could be a win for them. Atlanta Falcons, they might go up 20 to nothing and blow the lead in two minutes. But the Rams should win that game. And and we're going to talk about some more games along with uh, talking college football. But that right there is going to be my time. I wanted to give you my breakdown of what I saw uh, over the weekend. And I hope you all enjoyed my episode. Hope y'all enjoyed the game Sunday. And I I just want to say this ahead of my college football episode. I just want to say sorry out there to the West Virginia fans, but congratulations to the Marshall University fans after they knocked off Notre Dame 21 to 26 in a big time win. But West Virginia, one thing you can say, y'all fought hard. Y'all went to overtime against a team that, yeah, y'all supposed to beat Kansas. But Kansas brought something. They brought the option run. They got a good quarterback that that's going to be there with that new style, and it and it caused problems for that defense. Now that defense doesn't look all that great now after a couple good possessions against Pittsburgh, because Pittsburgh started getting a little something something on West Virginia. But that's going to be something just a taste of what we'll be talking about on Thursday with college football. But like I said, congratulations, Marshall and West Virginia. Don't hang your heads. Calm down. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. (laughs) Man, everybody, thank you for enjoying Sauce Talk. Thank you for coming in and listening. Follow, share, tell your friends, tell your buddies that Sauce Talk is going to be here for the 22-23 NFL season, for the NBA season to kick off. For Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua, what I'm hearing is supposed to be fighting in December. I mean, all this stuff. I'm going to be here. So come and check me out. I'm out.